Hey everybody, welcome back to Some Sanity with Morgan Zeggers, your favorite weekly podcast. I know it's your favorite, you don't have to say it, it's okay, I'll say it for you. Uh, this week I have just two topics that I really want to run over quick. Most of it though, we're going to talk about this whole little Johnson & Johnson vaccination fiasco because there are so many opinions on it, it's so chaotic right now on social media and in the media to just see what everybody's saying. And it's definitely not a red versus blue topic. I'm seeing a ton of conservatives that I'm friends with that I know that I usually think I know where they're going to lie. And they are just saying completely random stuff on this. I have no idea where people really lie on the COVID vaccination issue. And it's, that it makes it kind of fun. Like for me, I'm more of an outside perspective. I'm not trying to, you know, tell you what to think on this one. I have just kind of been observing everybody else reacting to the situation as it breaks down. So I think that's really fascinating. And we've definitely got to talk about that today. And then also there was this stupid stupid tweet that I saw that just, I got to rant about it. I got to show you guys. I had to show you. So we're going to talk about those two things today. Um, again, welcome back. This is a weekly podcast. So if you're watching on YouTube, definitely subscribe, definitely comment, say what's up. Um, and other than that, I'm on like every podcast platform. So just make sure that you're subscribed or tuned into that every Wednesday, new episode, baby. That's what's up. Um, getting into the subjects though. So I'm on Twitter today, right? And I'm just minding my own beeswax the way I usually am. Just kidding. Sometimes I'm in Twitter arguments cause I can't help myself sometimes. Um, I'm on Twitter and AP style book. Usually they always suggest like better grammar and the correct grammar that they, you know, think that we should be using in our writing styles. It's kind of weird. Sometimes they have viral tweets because they're funny. This time they really got themselves into hot water with a stupid, stupid tweet. And here's what it said. It says, quote, don't use the term mistress for a woman who is in a long-term sexual relationship with and is financially supported by a man who is married to someone else. Instead, use an alternative like companion friend or lover on your first reference and provide additional details later. <laughs> I can't, I can't. I have like so many visions in my head of certain things of like the wife finding out that her husband's cheating and then she's like, you have a mistress. And then he's like, no, she's a companion, honey. Gosh, haven't you seen the AP style book on Twitter? You should know these things. Get more woke. <sighs> I could rant about this, but there's a more intellectual argument we can take on this little situation that we're seeing right here with AP Stylebook. So I mentioned in earlier episodes, The Road to Serfdom is a huge favorite book of mine. It's by F.A. Hayek. It was written almost 100 years ago and basically talked about the road that a society takes down towards socialism, down to communism. And one of the topics that is discussed is their frequent, the left's frequent manipulation, distortion, and changing of basic words in society, of basic words, language, and rhetoric. And they do this not, you know, just to have a little power trip and say, I can change the meanings of words and you're going to like it, <laughs> whether you like it or not. Um, instead, it's to actually control the narrative. It's to start manipulating not just the word definition, but to start manipulating the conversation and the narrative of the subject itself. And so we saw that a lot, and I do think I went over this with, so I'm not going to waste too much time on it, but we saw that in 2020 with herd immunity. And so the WHO, the WHO, I don't know what it's supposed to be pronounced as, but I like to call it the WHO personally because it reminds me of the band, and I like that band. 
Um, the WHO changed on their website the definition of herd immunity. It used to be something detailing the percentage of population that had been infected and the percentage of population that had been vaccinated. Now they have changed it to only having to do with the level of per, uh, the level of the population that has been vaccinated. So that was a little fascinating right there. And then one of my other favorite examples was when they started to change the definition of sexual preference literally in a day. And so Amy Coney Barrett went and did her hearing before she was sworn in as a Supreme Court justice. And that was, when was that? Was that? I'm trying to think. That was late 2020, right? So late 2020, she's sitting in front of the Senate and somebody asked her a question about LGBTQ stuff. And she says a very basic answer, very respectful answer of, you know, I'm not going to judge someone based on their sexual preference. That is a normal term that has been used by Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It's been used by Joe Biden. It's been used by a ton of prominent people on the woke left. And when she used it, because she's pretty much unproblematic in the sense of like, she doesn't have a racist past, you know, they attacked her for like adopting a child from a different country. And they said that she was, uh, I don't even know, something about white supremacy there, of course. Um, They attacked her for that. They were just grasping at straws, really. They could find nothing against her. And so I think they were looking for something that they could kind of take and run with and make into an issue, you know, manufacturing a crisis, classic leftist tactic again. But what they did is she gives that answer about sexual preference, not going to judge someone on it. Oh, my gosh. Within the next hour, you're seeing this on Twitter. You're seeing the senators in the room who are mad at her now for using an offensive term. They're claiming that you can't, you know, you don't have a preference. You aren't just born to be able to choose. You are born with uh, your sexuality. So that was what they were all upset about. I kid you not, by the end of the day, the Webster, Merriam-Webster Dictionary changed the definition of sexual preference in their online dictionary, and it, they added an asterisk and said this is an offensive term when used to discuss sexual preference. And so under like the term preference, it said this can be used in the term sexual preference, and then when it is used in this way, it is offensive. <laughs> so it, within 24 hours, we saw them actually changing the narrative just to find a problem with Amy, Com- Amy Coney Barrett, and they, by the end of the day, had successfully changed the definition of a word in the dictionary. So those are just some examples. And even last week, I'm not sure if you guys had seen this. I should do a, I should do this on the next episode, talking about how they're changing the meaning of infrastructure. And so the big infrastructure bill, which is usually about roads and the most basic, you know, definition of infrastructure. Again, here we go, the problem of it. There is an infrastructure bill. It's supposed to fund, I don't know, infrastructure things. The left is trying to include things like paid family leave and all these leftist policies that have nothing to do with infrastructure. And so what they started to do is, again, the classic tactic of changing the definitions. They are now tweeting straight up, XYZ policy is infrastructure. Paid family leave is infrastructure. Higher minimum wage is infrastructure. It's just, it's the same thing like early in COVID, the left, like especially the Justice Democrats, the DSA, AOC and her squad, they were saying stuff like, if we had Medicare for all, we'd be better at solving this pandemic and fighting back against this pandemic. If we had student loan forgiveness, we'd better fight this pandemic. If we had free college for all, if we had rent cancellation, if we had blah, blah, blah. It was just every policy desire that they have. They were saying, if we had put this in place or if we put it in place soon, we'll be able to fight this pandemic better. Same thing's happening here with this stupid infrastructure bill, so I'm not surprised. But um, 
back to the subject. <laughs> I can't believe I got on such a big rant there. Back to the subject of the fact that the AP style book is now telling us that using, basically using the term mistress is like offensive and we should call them friends, companions, or lovers. Fascinating, right? Uh, I saw somebody, people were really mad about this, by the way. And so I was looking at the replies and someone replied with an Orwell quote that says, quote, power is in tearing human minds to pieces and putting them together again in new shapes of your own choosing. That's exactly what's happening here. I I used to really care about uh, the economics of things. I cared about the history, the policy, that kind of anti-socialist lens. And I literally run a nonprofit called the Young Americans Against Socialism. And I get so frustrated these days because this has grown way, way, way beyond the issue of socialism. So I've been doing a lot of deep thinking and, and planning for the future of how I can adjust, you know, adapt, overcome, all that stuff. But I really do think that America has just skipped the step of socialism because the with the corporate elites, with the wokeism that we're seeing, they basically already have economic control and they can force desired behavior and action with the economic control that they have through us in our private economy because the leaders of business, the leaders of the big industries, including big tech, are on the side of the government, are on the side of the leftists. So we're facing that issue, and it's it's really, really freaky to me. So I used to really only care about that anti-socialist angle, but now over the last couple of years, I've really seen the disintegration of our culture, the disintegration of the family, the left attacking those institutions. And that very well plays into the rise of ideas like socialism and communism and Marxism, the, the concept of collectivism, if you will. So they'd rather have this big group controlled by the government where everybody's equal instead of having individuals and family units. And so I've really opened my perspective and I I hope you guys see that too of like definitely socialism is a huge problem, but it is the economic step to communism. And that's been acknowledged for decades, for centuries, really. Because America's skipping that, we have to acknowledge why is this happening? How is this all happening? A lot of it is because our culture is complete crap. Have you seen the cesspool that is... Instagram, have you seen the concept of OnlyFans? I mean, it's really disgusting. And I I don't like to be judgmental in that stuff, but I'm just more so saddened by it. You know what I mean? And so I was really saddened by this ridiculous AP style book because like my take on this is that it's not just distortion of language to control the narrative. That's definitely part of it because they do it all the time. It's It's also another example of the left and the psycho woke mob in this country, doing everything that they can to project their wokeness onto us. They will stop at nothing to like claim that they're the wokest of the woke. And I think AP Stylebook is just another example of that. They're trying to like join into the hip hop culture, you know, what up? Um, but they, they promote these loose lifestyles. And this is in the big picture. So you have the media, you have pop culture, you have Hollywood. Everybody on the left promotes these loose lifestyles and they want you to reject tradition, reject uh, not conservatism, but just more so the classic lifestyle in America. And they want you to embrace things like hookup culture all the time. And you see this kind of messaging, not just in music and rap music and stuff like that, but it's in straight up like Cosmo magazine and Teen Vogue and women's magazines that are supposed to be about empowering women and making sure that they're achieving everything that they want and getting everything they want out of life, which is, I think, wonderful. I also plug to Evie. I love that magazine. It's more conservative for conservative women. But women's magazines 
are basically intentionally lying. Uh, there's studies out there all over the place that show fulfillment in life comes from family, from love, from tradition, from commitment to those uh, more traditional lifestyles and to a, a single family, a husband. And then these women's magazines are like, no, don't worry about that. Don't even worry about having kids. Don't worry about getting married. You can have it all. You don't need anybody else in your life. You're going to be great when you're 40 and alone. Don't worry about committing to anybody or anything like that. So I think that's a really damaging thing. They say hook up with people. They like teach you skills on it and stuff like that, yada, yada. And overall, they're promoting this really dangerous narrative that studies show lead to a very unhappy life. So that's really confusing to me is why they're doing so. Not just in pop culture, though. The left and more, you know, structural groups on the side of the left. So think Black Lives Matter, think DSA, specifically BLM though. They promote really dangerous concepts that are more so culture oriented. And so they promote the rejection of religion, the rejection of family, the rejection of commitment in general, the rejection of hard work, and the rejection of individualism. And this attempt that we're seeing by the style book, the AP style book, to soften the narrative around mistresses and cheating as if it's offensive now to call people sleeping with married individuals what they are, mistresses, and instead we need to be calling them friends, companions, or lovers to respect them more is a trash take. It's another trash take from the psycho woke mob. They tell us that men can get pregnant, men can breastfeed, men can get periods, they say children can select their own gender. They say that nuclear family is a dangerous racist structure and we need to have community raising of our children. The list goes on and it's freaky. And so now they're even telling us that we need to be more respectful of mistresses and call them friends, lovers, or companions of our husbands. Love it. Empowering of women. you love to see it. Side note, maybe I should say this. Side note on this, you guys. So, something happened recently where like basically I found out that a girl was like reaching out to so, so reaching out to Jared I'll just tell this story so Jared told me this story about how this girl was kind of like messaging him stuff and we both get messages from strangers on the internet that's fine uh basically he was like hey I have a girlfriend I'm pretty public with her like please stop messaging me and eventually this lovely empowered woman was sending him naked pictures of herself saying like oh you're missing out like I'm so sad for you like I thought Morgan was all about women's empowerment I thought she was a confident like individual woman and she can't even handle some other woman talking to her man blah 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 Jared was like no like Morgan what and she was like is she just over your shoulder like making you send this to me <laughs> and Jared's again like no Morgan's actually out of out of state at a conference speaking there and I just by myself and telling you, I don't like this. I don't want this. And she again continued to attack me as like, oh, she's on social media about being all empowered and pro women. And she's a strong woman, but then she's like insecure and can't handle me messaging you. What the heck kind of female empowerment is that? So he's telling me this story of like, what happened? I'm like, what in God's name is going on with the ladies? Ladies, that's not empowering, okay? It's not empowering for me to want to let that happen. It's not empowering for you to do that to another woman's boyfriend. It's just weird, okay? Find your own happiness and get back to the root of what real empowerment is, okay? That really bothered me. I don't talk about that much, but I'm like, what, 
who is this lady? Either way, back to it though. I think this whole AP style book thing is a trash take for multiple reasons. And it's just another way for the left and the wokest to promote the decay of our society and the wholesome family structure, you guys, that a healthy society relies on. So we're decaying as an American society. I'm so sad to see it. And I think a lot of that is because we have a loss of values, a loss of culture, and it's really gross. I'm really disgusted. And I think a huge counterculture revolution is about to come up in terms of like embracing traditional lifestyles, embracing, you know, family life, embracing small town America. I think that's going to be really on the up and up. I heard that happened in the eighties too. Obviously, I wasn't around then, but I heard with the rebellion that came around in the late 1900s, people started to be a little freaked out by it. (laughs) And so they started to instead go back to the traditional lifestyle and then reject that modern way of being cool and hip and instead embracing tradition and, you know, that Reagan era. So maybe that'll happen again here. But let's get into subject number two. How about that? Um, Section two of the episode, though. The Johnson and Johnson vaccine, something's going on with it. And I really don't want to be like censored or anything for talking about this because in no way am I pushing some false narrative or anything. This is an up and coming issue. We're seeing people on the red side and the blue side, both agree and disagree. Everybody's all over the place on this. So I hope like me just talking about what's going on is not going to freak anybody out at YouTube or anybody in the big tech censorship, yada, yada. But Please, please, big tech titans, don't give me the SWAT right now. I would really appreciate that. Um, Basically, let's go over what happened and just look at some of the responses because I said earlier, I don't want to force you guys to think a certain way on this one. This is unfolding right before our eyes. We're seeing it happen right now. And I think the best thing we can all do as just average Americans is to be vigilant, be aware, question everything, but also uh, understand both sides of this. Because this is just something we're going to have to have a very um, respectful view on this, where it's it's not going to be some hot talking point debate where we're just going to be able to yell at each other. We're going to have to see this roll out. We're going to have to see the rollout of the vaccinations, how that ends up working. We're going to have to see how everything's going as states open up. I know Texas just removed their mask mandate. They opened up, I think, fully at this point. I mean, I was just at the grocery store yesterday without a mask. It's really exciting to see. And apparently we've had record low numbers for now three weeks in a row in terms of COVID cases and testing positive. So that's what I'm excited about. And when it comes to this whole COVID thing, of course, we need to be vigilant about communist China and their whole or deal with this. We can't trust what comes from them. We can't trust a lot of the media that comes out about this because it's very manipulative. But from our perspective, we just have to keep an open mind, listen to everything, read everything, and stay aware of all the information that's out there. That's my take on it, and that's why I've been handling the rollout of the vaccinations. Uh, So basically, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is causing some ruckus. And let's be real, you guys, this is definitely definitely not a red versus blue issue. The reactions to the vaccines have been all over the place. And so I've just been keeping my eye out for updates on this one, specifically like the Johnson & Johnson debacle um, as they come in, because it's a very recent issue. It's pretty much happened all within yesterday and today. So uh, here's an article from Breitbart. It's titled FDA CDC call for immediate pause of Johnson & Johnson coronavirus vaccine. Uh, The article came out on Tuesday, April 13th, and it says the following, quote, 
U.S. federal health agencies will issue a joint call Tuesday for Washington to begin an immediate pause in the rollout of Johnson & Johnson's single-dose coronavirus vaccine. The move comes as six Americans have reportedly developed a rare disorder involving blood clots, and one later died after receiving the shot. The New York Times reports all six recipients were women between the ages of 18 and 48, and now federal agencies want to pause in the distribution of the vaccine out of an abundance of caution. This was to, quote, ensure that the healthcare provider community is aware of the potential for the adverse events, end quote. The U.S. has already vaccinated more than 7 million people with the Johnson & Johnson coronavirus vaccine, indicating the rarity of developing the blood clot disorder, and has ordered millions more doses. Yesterday, Australia said it would no longer purchase the Johnson & Johnson vaccine because it is, quote, uh, an Oh, an adenovirus vaccine, the same type of vaccine as the AstraZeneca vaccine, which it slapped with a warning against use on people under 50. So a lot to pack or a lot to unpack here. Um, Interesting to me that the six situations and the one death were between the ages of 18 and 48. Just that's interesting that it's really the only trend that they found with this women specifically. Um. I see both sides on this. And so I'm kind of curious to hear what you guys say too, if you want to share it in the comments as well. Like I, I'm genuinely just curious. I've been scrolling through social lately today uh, to see what everybody's reactions were. What I thought was interesting is basically, here you go. My general take on this from the beginning, just to get started on it, is that it is quite interesting from an outsider perspective. So Trump was really the guy who led us to have access to these vaccines so quickly, right? Like, remember when he was president and all of this was getting accomplished and the conservatives, the Republicans, they would all cheer. They would all be so excited for it. It was kind of a big thing that he was utilizing the private industries uh, and the private economy combined with government to achieve the results instead of nationalizing. And so people were really excited about it. They said it's the advancements of our sciences, uh, the advancements of our technology in this country and our process of government, and that's allowed us to achieve those results. So everybody was pretty excited, and I don't think we really talked about what we expected in, in the end, in the long run from it. We were just kind of all excited as a country to achieve that goal. And that's great, because we did get those vaccinations really quick. Everyone was super excited. Everybody celebrated the general accomplishment, but at the same time, as people celebrate the vaccines being made at an unprecedented speed, like they've been saying, it's also exactly why so many people are a little nervous to take it because it was made very quickly and we don't exactly know what could happen or what's going to happen. So we're going to literally see it roll out in front of our eyes. I see both sides of this. On one hand, it was a great success. It was proof of the advancements of our society. But on the other hand, the speed at which it was produced has led to major hesitation, especially from more conservative individuals who probably supported Trump a ton. And by me saying that, I am also not saying that just because the vaccination was created very quickly, it's not safe. I just think we need to acknowledge that, hey, even if it is safe, many members of the public are very hesitant to want to take it and are nervous about the potential risks of it because there's so many unknowns and because it was a little quick, it's just an unprecedented situation. And so I I totally see where both sides are. I just think it's kind of interesting that we went from everybody kind of celebrating it, especially conservatives, because it was a conservative president that really got us to the end zone on this. 
now it's it's mostly from what I'm seeing conservatives that are now saying nobody should take this. So just a, a very interesting perspective there. Um, another, oh, that's what I want to go into first. Speaking of Trump, he came out with a statement about this today. And by today, I'm filming on Tuesday. This is going to go out on Wednesday. So let's take a look at what Trump's reaction was to this fiasco. Uh, it was highlighted in a post millennial article and the article was titled breaking trump blast biden admin for pausing j and j vaccine suggests pfizer could be behind it and so he's talking about a little collusion behind the scenes here which also could be the case who knows um the article reads former president donald trump blasted the fda's decision to halt distribution of johnson and johnson's one and done vaccine over the issue of blood clots out of some 7 million doses given of the J&J vaccine, there were six cases where women between the ages of 18 and 48 developed blood clots. This led to a decision by the FDA to pause distribution. In an email on Tuesday morning, Trump wrote, quote, the Biden administration did a terrible disservice to the people throughout the world by, by allowing the FDA and CDC to call a pause in the use of the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine. The results of this vaccine have been extraordinary, but now its reputation will be permanently challenged. People, the people who have already taken the vaccine will be up in arms, and perhaps all of this was done for politics, or perhaps it's the FDA's love for Pfizer. The FDA, especially with longtime bureaucrats within, has to be controlled. They should not be able to do such damage for possible, possibly political reasons, or maybe because their friends at Pfizer suggested it. They'll do things like this to make themselves look important. Remember, it was the FDA working with Pfizer who announced the vaccine approval two days after the 2020 presidential election. Good point. Uh, they didn't like me very much because I pushed them extremely hard. But if I didn't, you wouldn't have a vaccine for three to five years, or maybe not at all. It takes them years to act. Do your testing, clean up the record, and get the Johnson & Johnson vaccine back online quickly. The only way we defeat the China virus is with our great vaccines. So the article goes on and says, The vaccine developed by AstraZeneca was also loosely linked to the emergence of blood clots in those who had received the jab, and it has not been approved by the FDA. The Johnson & Johnson vaccine was approved under an emergency use authorization. A factory in Baltimore that was manufacturing both vaccines has switched over for the sole use of J&J &J after workers got the ingredients for the two mixed up. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, the workers got the ingredients mixed up? And it's not linked. Dang it. It's not linked. I'm going to have to log into that. Um, but this is pretty much what I was saying earlier. So Trump is pushing the fact of like, look at how great it was that we got the vaccine. We wouldn't have done it without me. And then at the same time, you have so many people in America that probably supported him and are very conservative saying, I don't want it because it was produced so quickly. So just a fun little contradiction there. If you want to consider that fun, I guess <laughs> I wouldn't consider it fun. Um, but another great opinion that I like paying attention to on this issue is my friend Daniel DiMartino. He's from Socialist Venezuela. He came when he was younger. Uh, he did a testimony for YAS. He was like one of the first person, one of the first people from socialist or communist countries to do the testimony with me and make a video with us. So that was really great. And that got seen by quite a few people. But his cover picture. So this is interesting. He's more of he's a conservative, but he's 
definitely always been willing to hold Trump accountable when he disagrees. He's been very outspoken on that. And he's not, you know, attacking him all the time. He's not some never Trumper, but he is just willing to talk and have the hard conversation sometimes. And so that's his perspective on things. He's not really super for or against. And so that's why I really appreciate his perspective on this. Um, his Twitter back or his Twitter cover page is Uncle Sam with the motto, vaccinate against the communist virus. And so I think that's hilarious. <laughs> um, he's always pretty funny with that stuff. And he does a lot of speeches about, you know, against socialism and communism. But his reaction to Trump's statement, who he often disagrees with, is, quote, I agree with former President Trump on this. Vaccines work and the recent action by the FDA doesn't seem right. And I mean, when we look at the numbers to know that millions and millions of people have gotten the vaccination and only six have had these symptoms and have had serious problems. That's very comforting to me. I'm, you know, I'm happy because I want this to succeed. I want us to be able to have this success as a country, as a world. And so I really hope that there aren't any negative um, situations that come from the vaccination. I really hope that. Uh, and so that would be really wonderful if it is just the six. Of course, it's really a shame that it happened to those women, but uh, I would love if we could keep it low in those numbers. That, that seems like a success to me. Um, the latest update, of course, everybody's bickering about it on social media, but for me, I thought this was interesting. Um, Rep. Sean Patrick Maloney from New York announced the following for the state on Twitter. This Tuesday, he said, quote, if you have an appointment today at a state-run mass vaccination site for the Johnson & Johnson shot, you'll be offered the Pfizer vaccination instead. You don't need to cancel or reschedule your appointment. So I think that's great. I mean, they have an opportunity to provide it to somebody else, um, or not to somebody else, but provide somebody uh, another opportunity to get vaccinated if they're already on the list, if they're already scheduled, and they were going to have the Johnson & Johnson shot. That seems like good planning. Makes me happy. Okay, I love to see some success. Uh, let's get to the question of the day, because I'm just like, <laughs> I could go on about this for a while. Um, question of the day, people keep asking if I am got the vaccine or if I'm going to get vaccinated. No, I'm not going to. I'm only 24. I'm very healthy. I don't have any... Um, risky health background. I don't have really anything to worry about in that aspect. I would rather the people who really need the vaccination, like the elderly, the people at risk, that um, it makes more sense for them to, first of all, get it before me and other young people. And it also makes more sense for them to take the kind of risk. I'm honestly not interested in taking the risk yet. I kind of want to see how it rolls out. I have already had COVID before. I'm not interested in uh, taking the vaccination. That's just my personal opinion. If you have a different opinion, go ahead, have yours. Um, but I just think there's multiple reasons. As a healthy 24-year-old, I don't really think I should be like, yeah, get me in line. Hello, I would like to uh, have this uh, thing that's killing only old people and unhealthy people. So I never even considered myself for a, a spot on the line. And I, even if it was offered to me, I, I don't think I would say yes. And so what we're seeing right now is this whole vaccination passport thing. I really don't give a crap. I will not go to those places that require vaccination passports. I'm seeing Rutgers University requiring vaccination in order to enroll in 2021. Students going to Rutgers that don't want to get vaccinated, guess what? Go to a different school. It's going to be fine. College is a scam anyways. Uh, I honestly will just say, no, thanks. I will be fine on my own and I have a great life. I am very occupied in my own little property. That's all I need. I'll be down here in Texas and I will not go 
get a vaccination just because it's required where I have to share my health information. I think it's like completely twisted. So if you're going through a situation though and you want some advice, feel free to reach out. I have a few college students that have been talking to me lately about like, what are they going to do because their college is requiring it now for them to re-enroll. So we're going to start facing these problems moving forward. I am definitely not going to get it if I'm like forced to. Luckily, I'm self-employed also, so I don't have to worry about the you know, the big bosses requiring it for me to show up to work or anything. Um, I'm very lucky in that sense. So if I do get into a situation with that, I'll share it with you guys. But if you do need any help or advice uh, maneuvering through one of those situations, feel free to reach out. Uh, With that, I hope that got you guys a little more informed for what's going on right now with this Johnson & Johnson situation. Um, I did rant quite a lot about that stupid style book tweet, but That's just because I really care about the topic. Um, If you have any questions, feel free to DM me on Instagram. Thank you again for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye, guys.